Well, I think both fans are excited because they finally have a direction that's been clear-cut now for a year. And the other sports uh, are in the midst of their own rebuilding, as you mentioned. And every sport has sort of a different dynamic. In basketball, you can you, you can probably do it quicker. It's, it's more um, of a process where you have to bottom out. And I think they did that. I, I think the worst is probably over. Dylan Cease is a kid. Saw a video of him last year around this time. And I, I saw videos, clips of him in, in some games. A small sample size in A-ball. He was in A-ball. And I said, this kid looks pretty good. I like the way he looked. He gave me a good feel. You know, mechanically, he looked good. He threw his pitches. had a good body. A lot of good things, attributes, assets, gifts that he has. That's the question is whether or not he really is going to be the franchise quarterback that they believe he will be. I was wondering at first if he was able to be, be their coach, like take the friendships away for a little bit, and they're still all going to be friends and everything, and they all have those relationships. But it's a new relationship now with Ross being the manager. It proves why they brought in Ross. Ross has done a lot different than what Madden would do. As the season's gone along, and right now what I'm thinking is the Cubs front office did a great job bringing him in. So, you know, we always talk about whenever we get asked this question. You know, we say, we say how we love Melissa in the sense that Melissa was somebody that we all knew for years prior. So, you know, it was hard having her leave, but once Leah came, I mean, it was amazing. It was a whole new vibe. It's, you know, we're, we're trying to win a championship here, and we know Leah's going to get us there. It's a positive season because you answered your biggest question, and that was whether or not you actually had a quarterback for the long term, and you do in Justin Fields. You have to really make the most of the cards you're dealt with this off season. Well, that was probably the most disappointing thing that I saw coming out of the trade deadline is getting rid of Jake Berger, and it was always refreshing to see someone out there and Jake Berger just getting hits, hitting home runs, just making you excited to go to the game. And it's exciting to get all these you know, pitching prospects out there. But, you know, the other half of the coin is we need run support for these pitchers. And if they're not going to get getting it, they're going to lose these games. Getting rid of Berger just doesn't help us in that department if our hitters don't want to hit, but these new pitchers come in. Hey, this is Nate Jones. Hey, everyone, it's Luke Stuckmeyer. This is Neil Doyle. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 to score and ISU Redbird alum. Hey, everybody, Marcus Grant. Hey, this is Alex Dolaner. Hey, Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. Now time. Now time. It's now time. It's now time for the fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farley. Welcome into the 74th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farrell here with you this evening on August 2nd, 2023, welcoming listeners to the 74th episode of Will's 5th Quarter Special. I'm your host for the special edition where we are recapping what the Chicago White Sox did up to the Major League Baseball trade deadline hitting yesterday at 5 p.m. Central Time. We're going to talk about the moves they made, how it impacts their team moving forward. And we're going to get that started with our It's Now Time, Will's Score Special fans, for the segment that takes fans deeper into a quote from the average sports interview. Do you 
ever want to know more about a quote made by an athlete, coach, or front office person, it's Will's Weekly Sports Quote, where we read between the words and fill you in on what you need to know. Each week, we will feature a new quote from a sports interview or press conference, along with our expert analysis after the quote is stated. For the first time in Will's Score Special History, this is a segment where you will get a different Will's Weekly Sports Quote in every blog post, live stream, or episode. Fans, we want you to join the conversation, too. You can share a quote we don't pick that stands out to you right on our social media or our website contact page you can find our website at willswithcourtspecial.com we will feature fan quotes selected right on future wills weekly sports quote content the fourth quarter buzzer has now sounded media officials have now turned off their recording devices and microphones athletes coaches and other talent have left the presser it's now time for your wills weekly sports quote this one comes from chgo sports white Sox reporter Vinny Duber, and he quotes Rick Hahn talking about how the moves they made at the deadline impacts the team moving forward. So this is the quote from Rick Hahn. We still have many impactful talents in Chicago. We still play in a division in which nobody has run away and hidden. Certainly, competing for the postseason is viable in 2024. In all candor, sitting here 55 minutes after the trade deadline just ended, proclaiming this is how we're going to get there in 24 isn't exactly our mission. Based upon what we were able to do in this year's draft and what we've been able to do with the deadline, the organization is much, much stronger for 2024 and beyond. Precisely what it looks like in terms of the big league level in 2024, let's get to the end of the season and assess everything. Just dissecting this quote, though, Will Score Special fans, let's look at the one key sentence that really stands out to me. We still play in a division in which nobody has run away and hidden. So looking at that right there, you can see just looking at the standings, you know, the Cleveland Guardians, the first place Minnesota Twins. The first place team in this division that the White Sox are in fourth place ranked in right now is either under 500 close to 500, at 500, or above 500. It's been quite the roller coaster this year with those first and second place in the division this year. So just looking at that, it just gives you the idea, you know, it's the worst division in Major League Baseball. If the White Sox were in the AL East, they would be last place and be struck with this record. So a lot of people have talked about how this is the worst in division in baseball and the easiest division to talking about this from, you know, general manager Rick Hahn's words, you know, before the trade deadline moves were made, they were saying how they, you know, just looking at this Will's Weekly Sports Quote choice, it just really ties into what the White Sox are trying to do next year moving forward. It shows the confidence the front office had in the players they traded for, that if you look at the ETA, and you can go on prospect, you know, pages for MLB.com for any team, and just looking at myself as I looked at some of the, the ETA, it was pretty close within the next two years for almost any of the new White Sox players. And you might even see a Corey Lee come up, the catcher. But, you know, just going to this quote, it really ties in the idea that the White Sox can contend next year. Everybody's going to have a different opinion on where the White Sox are headed. But from this Will's Weekly Sports quote, you can tell within the words here, Will's, of course, special fans, that the White Sox are trying to contend next year moving forward. They're going to let these players the rest of this season do their work in the minors, in the offseason. So Will's, of course, special fans, that was your Will's Weekly Sports quote. Be on the lookout, as we mentioned, for any blog post, audio episode, or live stream for future Will's weekly sports quote content. Now heading into the interview portion of the show. It's a guest that's been on the show before. It's Tom Pappas, big White Sox fan. He's coming back here on Will's Score Special for episode 74. And we're going to talk about what our view is of Rick Khan trying to contend for next year and just the approach of the front office, how disappointing this year's been for White Sox fans. We're going to get into the trades that were made. We're going to talk about where this team's headed moving forward. So here's my interview with Tom Pappas. 
Tom Papp is back here on Wheels of Course Special, episode 74. I've got to make the connection here with you since we're White Sox fans. Episode, the number matches a White Sox player that luckily was not traded uh, at the deadline, Tom. Uh, I don't know if you get a kick out of that connection there, but, uh, you know, I had to do that with our trade deadline recap here. First, how you doing, man? It's been an interesting year for sports this time of year. How, how, what's your, how, how you been, man? I've been doing great. Thanks for having me on. It has been interesting, just not for the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, you you and I have been talking a lot of White Sox this year, man, and I wanted to just get your takes on what you've seen before, like pre-trade deadline. What are your feelings about this White Sox team? Well, my feelings pre-trade deadline is we're just running in circles again. In the past three years, we saw them, you know, make the playoffs for the first time in a couple of years and got shut down by Liam Hendricks, come back the following next year to get Liam Hendricks. And then for the first time in I don't know how many years, we've made the playoffs in back-to-back years. And it seemed very promising the core guys that we have out there, we know the talent that they have and the numbers that they can put up. And the past two years of just mediocre baseball uh, for the White Sox is just vastly disappointing. And leading into the trade deadline coming in here, I've been telling everyone, the only people that should be safe from trades is Dylan Cease, uh, Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, Luis Robert, and Jordan Berger, to say the least. We'll get into that in a second, but everyone else was out there. I have Moncada's jersey, and I was still very disappointed with his play in the past couple years and his play this year. Um, but leading up into it, those were all the safe players. Everyone else had an opportunity to be traded. I know you don't want to hear that, Will. <laughs> Not saying that Tim Anderson's safe from trade, <laughs> but he made it through. Yes, he did. I mean, I'm going to give my take on it, Tom. We're pretty much echoing similar forms here. I mean, it seems like the, there are only so many positives in the season. I mean, there are some positives, at least pre-trade deadline. You know, the, some of the minor leagues looked really good that, and the, the White Sox nailed the draft, I think, pretty well, which was good. Um, Gregory Santos, I think, is one of the few bright spots of current White Sox players. He's a 23-year-old. They acquired in the offseason as a starting pitcher. They turned him into a, what can be a really good reliever of the future. Seeing Vaughn at first base, I think, is pretty good. I mean, we're finally seeing, Tom, Eloy, Robert, healthy, consistently. Uh, ben Intendi, I think, is the... Uh, left fielder the White Sox have needed for years. He can defend. He hits the ball. He's a good clubhouse presence. So despite some of the negatives, I feel similar to you. I also want to see, say the positives at this point as well. Now, Pedro, I'm not too sold on his manager, but I'm also sold on him in certain things. Like, I'm kind of in the middle on Pedro Griffith as a manager. I was actually hoping uh, Willie Harris would have gotten the manager job for the Chicago White Sox, well, 2005 World Series hero that's uh, well-known for player development. Speaking on player development, we 
got some trades to talk about here. So I'm going to kind of break it down slowly here. So the, what were your thoughts on the first trade? So the White Sox just lost two in a row to the Cubs in the crosstown, and late that night, all of a sudden, like, when people are getting ready to go to bed, they are shocked by the trade of Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez to the Angels for Edgar Caro and Kai Bush. What were your thoughts when you saw that shocking trade released um, into the sports world? Um, my thoughts were it was expected um, to put Giolito out there. He's been our ace for the past three years, and it's just kind of fallen off for him to where he's just not what he used to be. Um, you know, when we had the rotation, we had Rodon on the team, and he was just a clear-cut ace for us. Um, going out there, throwing uh, no-hitters against the Pirates. But, you know, it's reflected in their records to where it's like, you can, you know, you can only rely on, like, your achievements for so long. Like, oh, he threw a no-hitter. It's like, well, he's got a losing record this year. And it's just frustrating frustrating to see. And same thing with Ronaldo Lopez, um, getting them back in the same trade for Adam Eaton. He's kind of just fallen off and not blossomed into the player that we wanted to be. We had him out there as a starting pitcher, and now he's just come in for middle relief and just not getting the production out of the pitchers we wanted. So I would say it was just expected and not a shock for me at all that we got rid of Giolito and Lopez. Yeah, I mean, I wish them both nothing but the best. I think, you know, you could tell Rick Hahn in his presser that night was pretty emotional about Giolito. I mean, could he re-sign with the White Sox in the offseason? It's anything's possible. I won't rule that out, but just to touch base on the prospects here real quick for the Will Score Special fans, Kai Bush, they need lefties. I've been saying it for years in the last few seasons here. They drafted some left-handed pitchers in the draft, but you needed more left-handed pitchers. And it seems like the trend here is a lot of players that could be major league ready within the next two years. Edgar Caro, I just saw uh, some highlights with the Birmingham Barons. He's already got pretty good defensive plays for the White Sox and got a few hits. Kai Bush is going to be pretty good, but Let's get to the next trade, Tom, because there was a surprise a lot of White Sox fans did not expect. Now, a lot of White Sox fans are echoing what we probably feel about Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly finally no longer with the White Sox for how you know mediocre, injury-prone, inconsistent they have been at times. Now, Lance Lynn did have some bright spots, as did Kelly, but they weren't what the White Sox thought they would be when they signed those contracts or made those trades. But you get Nick Nestrini a good right-handed pitching prospect that you could picture in a White Sox rotation within the next two seasons. Jordan Leisure, who would help as they trade some bullpen arms, he could slide into your White Sox bullpen here in the near future. They say he's really good at the strikeouts. But when you saw Trace Thompson coming back to the White Sox, how cool of a story was that for the trade deadline in your viewpoint? Oh, I thought it was a uh... – cool story to have him back for is it his third time with the White Sox is that right second or third time yes he he was drafted by the White Sox in 2009 that's for Will Secord special fans that might not remember the history of Trace Thompson not to also be known but also the brother of Clay Thompson but uh yeah I believe it was the second or third time nice so uh as far as the Lynn trade out of all these guys, 
you you hate to see him go, but you have to realize that you have to overcome your fandom and you have to let them go because they're just not performing them up to the level that made you fall in love with these players. And Lance Lynn brought the energy and he just brought it to the dugout and he brought it when he was out on the mound pitching. And he just, you just haven't seen that in the past year and a half where, you know, he tries to bring it out there, but these batters have just figured him out and they're just teeing off on him every outing he goes out there. So Sad to see him go, but uh, excited to bring Trey Thompson back back into the lineup, get some production out of him. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel also, like, do you think it's a pretty good trend that the White Sox are getting some needs for the future and, uh, you know, needing a younger but more effective, controllable pitching staff uh, financially, but also – uh, connected to this next trade they made, Kendall Graveman, later on, just within the last two hours after that deal took place with the Dodgers and the White Sox, they acquired Corey Lee, who is a name interesting uh, to me as a White Sox fan. Now, uh, you know, as Corey Lee's part of the organization, he's a really interesting player that's had a little bit of major league experience with the Houston, when he was with the Houston Astros. He's a guy we could probably see, Tom, sliding in at catcher this year. So that might be a DFA for, I've heard rumors of Yasmani Grandal maybe being a possible DFA candidate. Um, what do you think of Corey Lee, you know, as a future White Sox catcher? I'm excited for it, uh, seeing Grandal out there. I've gone to a couple games in this year, and almost every time that I'm watching them on TV, Grandal is not playing. He's hurt. And then when he's out there, he's just not producing. You know, you see the trend where it's just they're not producing what they used to produce. Um, so I'm very excited to see some new catchers out there, or possibly besides um, Sebi Zavala and Yasmani Grandal, bring some new energy to the lineup. Yeah. Now, going into the next trade, it's one White Sox fans, and we actually talked about it before the interview here for this episode, Tom. Jake Berger. I mean, I was at the game Sunday, and I did not expect that that would be the last White Sox game Jake Berger would play in a White Sox black and white pinstripe uniform. But Jake Berger was traded to the Miami Marlins for left-handed pitcher Jake Eater, who actually pitched 10 strikeouts in a minor league game in double-A for the Miami Marlins right before that trade. He's a left-hander, and like Mr. I'm just looking at it here, like Mastrini, um, Kai Bush, and uh, Jacob Leisure, these pitchers could be on the team by next year if they do well in uh, minor leagues here, spring training. Like, they're projected to come up like Colson Montgomery their ETA is looking like it's 2024. So uh, just touch real quick on, like, your feelings of the Jake Berger trade because I know we were both big fans of his. How tough was it for you to see him go uh, and leave the White Sox in this way? Well, that was probably the most disappointing thing that I saw coming out of the trade deadline is getting rid of uh, Jake Berger. Um, he came into getting drafted by the White Sox, and – had a rough beginning to his career, tearing his ACL and recovering from that. And in the past couple of years, um, 
kind of being up and down from AAA. It was kind of disappointing to see him go because it was between him and Mankata at third base. And people keep telling me that, like, oh, Mankata is the best at that position in the field. He's better than Berger. And that's great and all if he is, but I'm not seeing the production out of him because he's always hurt. And it was always refreshing to see someone out there and Jake Berger just getting hits, hitting home runs, just making you excited to go to the game. And it's exciting to get all these, you know, pitching prospects out there. But, you know, the other half of the coin is we need run support for these pitchers. And if they're not going to get getting it, they're going to lose these games. And I've said it, I've just seen it all throughout watching the White Sox in the past, like, five years. We are the worst team with no outs and bases loaded. It's almost guaranteed that you're, they're going to get one run or they're somehow going to get out of that inning. And then getting rid of Bird just doesn't help us in that department if our hitters don't want to hit, but these new pitchers come in. So that's probably just the dumbest move by Han could have possibly done this weekend. And I'm not happy about it at all. No, I I have – similar feelings about Jake Berger, but then also I'm seeing the side of it, um, you know, from a business standpoint. And Rick Hahn, you know, he's obviously going to be saying space almost to fans the way, you know, we've seen him in the media this year. Like, a lot of fans don't like Rick Hahn right now. You know, we're not – some of us aren't big Rick Hahn fans right now. But he did say some interesting things about how this was a really tough trade for the team, but they have a lot of infield depth coming in pretty soon. You know, Colson Montgomery, Lenin Sosa, Brian Ramos, Tom, is also expected to be uh, available probably to come up to the majors next year, and he's a third baseman that's got some power, so maybe that's something they see as, um, you know, why Jake Berger was expendable. But this Jake Gear guy is supposed to be really good from what I've seen. has a really good arm, uh, a good approach at the plate, and he's another lefty the White Sox to use. But the next player I want to get into while we're on here is Luis Patino from the Tampa Bay Rays for cash. So he was a player, if Will's fifth quarter special fans don't recognize that name, he was the player that came to the Padres in uh, a recent trade that sent Blake Snell in the past few years to San Diego. So, Tom, we're getting a 23-year-old starter with still a lot of potential and a little bit of major experience for Cash, doesn't it almost feel like a steel trade for the White Sox right now? Oh, yeah, I think it it does feel like a steal just to get a 23-year-old starter out there. You know, typically you feel like they're not uh, the prospects aren't coming up that soon, but uh, if he's got the major league experience, a uh, young guy, We'd love to see him out there. I think probably like the best, I would say second best move he's made uh, this one, other than the worst move, trading Burger. Yeah, I've just seen this kid's potential. I mean, you didn't have to give up a player. You got him for cash. That feels like, you know, we've seen those trades in Major League Baseball. Those could pay off for the team that gets the player. One final quick trade we got here, just to let the fans know, we got a 21-year-old right-handed pitcher from the New York Yankees. So that was within the last five minutes uh, before the deadline hit. Kenyon Middleton, the New York Yankees for Juan Carella. 
looks like a Rule 5 draft eligible right-handed pitcher. He's 21, so uh, another good grab. But, Tom, while we got your the last question we got to talk about here is Rick Hahn at the press conference yesterday. And uh, fans that, you know, haven't heard our new segment here before this interview can hear a little bit more about that presser um, in a new Will's Weekly Sports quote where we uh, pick a quote from Rick Hahn talking about the future of the White Sox in 2024. And he believes that this division is still winnable for the Sox in this case. Now, I mean, they're going to have payroll next year, you know, off the books. They're going to be able to sign free agents, hopefully smarter than how they have in past scenarios. I think they've learned their mistakes from that. But do you think this team in a division as bad as the AL Central has a chance to contend next year if these prospects pan out and they make smart moves and trade a free agency in the offseason? Well, um, I would say after talking to you, Will, um, being positive about most of the trades, I would believe them, to, probably mostly because I just don't think we're in that strong of a division that I do think we can win it. Because it's almost like these players can like turn on a switch. We've seen the talent that we have, and it's really frustrating this year because we know how good we can be. And we're in the past couple of years, we were supposed to be running this division like, oh, this is the worst division in baseball. We should be making the playoffs every single year. And here we are, and you know, middle of the road to bottom of the barrel in this division. I believe in that we can win it. It's just getting past winning it because I don't think we can compete with these other teams making it to the first round and, you know, out of the second round with the way that these teams are performing. That's what I'm, my concern is. So if we can make the playoffs, that's fine, but White Sox fans are all sick of just making the playoffs. We want to make at least a deep run in there and not get bounced by the the Astros every single year that we face them. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say we're going to be like Steve Cohen with what he's doing. Boy, that's interesting over there in New York. But I'm going to call out my response here to what you're saying, Tom. I'm completely in agreement. But I also want to briefly call out the manager situation. Pedro Griffol. Uh, it doesn't really seem like the manager we thought he was going to be. Now, of course, it's his first year, but he was a bench coach from a losing ball club in Kansas City. I think there's a reason they probably did not interview him for that managerial role. They probably saw something we didn't here in Chicago. So I think that's something Rick Kahn may need to address. And, yes, I am a little biased to Willie Hurst being an 05 uh, World Series here for the White Sox, but I think the guy like that, that's more not just a yes-man, you know, and saying flush this loss type thing, Tom, if you remember hearing that after almost every White Sox post game this year. Um, if you know what I'm talking about there with the Pedro line, let's just flush it and keep going. He's not showing enough action. He's just speaking words. We need a manager that can get this team in the right foot and a younger manager. You know, you see it working with Kevin Cash in Tampa Bay, Gabe Kapler, um, you know, with the Giants. So, you kind of agree that maybe a guy like Willie Harris that, yes, some Ryansburg connection being a former player, but has player development skills. Do you think a manager like that might be better off, or do you see Pedro staying after this season? See, 
I don't foresee Pedro staying with this bad of a record. And I would be fine with Willie Harris or, you know, a former player from the 05 World Series uh, coming in to manage, manage this team. But we've just seen how it's gone with being a Jerry Reinsdorf guy where you bring in LaRusso, you bring in Robin Ventura, former players that are in, from the organization, and it just comes out to – it's not even bad. It's just mediocre at best, which is probably worse than bad in my opinion. But whether they're from the – you know, within the organization or not or formally in the organization or if they're a Jerry Reinsdorf guy or a Rick Hahn guy, I would like a manager that sets the tone – that this team hates to lose. That's what I would like to see, because I just don't see it from this team right here. They're just collecting their paycheck, and they're getting paid either way, but they don't hate to lose. I just don't see the fire in it. And I need, we need a manager that will bring that fire to the game and bring it to the dugout. Absolutely. Tom Pappas, always a pleasure having you on Wolf's Core Special, man. Uh, hopefully the next time you're on, we talk about maybe some more positive White Sox talk. Thanks for coming on again, buddy. Appreciate your time. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Thanks for having me on. Host Will Farrow here with you on Episode 74. Really good insight from our guest appearance, Tom Pappas. you got to expect the unexpected. That's what you could tell from what we talked about in the interview right there. You know, we got to let the rest of the season play out. White Sox are going to try and get 10 next year. We'll see how that is done. And it's like we mentioned in Will's weekly sports quote today earlier on here in episode 74. They are in a winnable division, and it looks like that'll be the case next year as well, the way the Minnesota Twins didn't make any moves. Cleveland made some small moves. But the White Sox made a lot of change for the future in the right direction, hopefully. So that's what the main idea you can take from this episode right here is that the White Sox are in a winnable division still. They just got to make some moves, free agency, correctly, not overpaying players like they did Grandal, Lynn, and such, and to just do it properly this time. Now headed into the ending segment of the show everyone enjoys, it's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-host, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern day sports. Listeners can hop onto the podcast Facebook profile and Twitter page at William D. Farlow and post their own sports movie moment favorite to have a chance to have it featured on future Will's Fifth Quarter Special episodes. So my Will's Sports Movie Moment choice is Moneyball, gives you insight on the Oakland Athletics, GM Billy Bean, back in the early 2000s. And the scene that I picked is before the trade deadline. It's a little bit before the trade deadline where you see even in real-life Major League Baseball, May, June, trades are still May, even in April. The scene is when he's talking with Peter Brandt and he sees that he's calling Philadelphia Phillies to trade Jeremy Giambi. And then he all of a sudden trades their rookie sensation prospect, Carlos Pena, to the Detroit Tigers. So it gets into that scene. He's like, you cannot trade Jeremy Giambi, Pete says. And he's like, we need to shake things up. If you've seen the movie before, you'll know why they traded Jeremy Giambi. Then he goes and trades Pena for a reliever in cash. And he adds the funny part in the scene. Oh, and I need you to pay for my soda machine for the next three years. And he's like, I don't want my guys paying for soda. I'm serious. And he's like, great, we have a deal. So then it just goes into also when he's talking to the manager in that scene sequence. And he breaks down like the manager was furious. He's like, you're outside your mind. Pete was asked if he believes in this thing. And he's the one that got Billy into it, in, interested in this money ball approach in the first place. So he says, I believe in it. He's like, we got to shake things up. So it compares really, really well, 
I love this comparison to the current Chicago White Sox organization and what they did before the trade deadline, trading guys like Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, a few days before the deadline when you saw the trades for Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman, and then yesterday for the shocking trade of Jake Berger and Kenyon Middleton, some of the trades overall that took place. It really compares to what the White Sox did. They shocked their fans. It compares in this scene like how the Carlos Pena trade does to Jake Berger. He was a fan favorite. He was having a really good year. And the White Sox needed to shake things up. That was the word around Chicago in the front office. That's what you could tell from Will Zuki's sports quote. What we talked about with that quote from Vinny Duber in CHGO Sports on what Rick Hahn said in his press conference following the deadline. They can contend in a winnable division, but they need to do things in the right direction. So so if you haven't seen the movie Moneyball, this is a really good movie to go check out. That is all the time we have in episode 74 of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Tune in next time for upcoming Chicago Bears coverage as they get set for continuation of the NFL training camp for the upcoming 2023-2024 NFL season. We'll continue to cover all things in the offseason of the Chicago Bulls. We will continue to cover all things during the rest of the season of the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox. We will continue to cover all things for Illinois State University Redbird Athletics, as we always do on the Redbird Sports Update. We will cover all things Chicago Sky as their season continues to unfold. I want to thank our guest appearance, Tom Pappas, for coming once again on the Will Square Special. Tom, thanks for coming on. We hope to have you on again. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, you turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farrow, along with our guest appearance, Tom Pappas, saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials on our new website at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports. Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow and share it with us with the hashtag Will's Fifth Quarter Special. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special.